Now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. Chip Murphy's here. And the same guest from last week is joining us, Colin Warren. Colin, thanks for coming on again, bud. Absolutely, Matt. Love going back to back. Yeah, we had to get you on because, you know, the last time that we talked about the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, I believe you did the Eastern Conference with us. Then we had one of my other buddies come on the show that day and do the Western Conference. So you never had an opportunity to talk about the Western Conference with us. So we were going to try to do it last week, but, of course, the Raptors are a hot topic, and we had to get into that. Uh, Trust me, guys, I've been, even on my radio show here, there's... The discussion, the debate about the Raptors are real or not. It's crazy. Um, and it's a good topic to get into. Uh, but we didn't have time in that first segment to get to the Western Conference. So that's what we're going to kind of preview here first uh, before we get into some of our New York Nick talk. Uh, and basically, we kind of were joking about it at the end of that first segment in the last episode that really what it comes down to in the Western Conference is Golden State. And Houston, those are the top two teams. And Chip, I'm going to start with you. Do you think, as well as Houston's playing, Houston's the top of the Western Conference right now. Do they have a legitimate chance to knock off Golden State in a seven-game series? Absolutely, I think they absolutely have a legitimate chance to knock off Golden State. I think that the fact that people are still doubting them. Because, you know, the head coach is Mike D'Antoni and Chris Paul and James Harden are the two best players. And all three of those guys have supposedly choked in the playoffs. Uh, I think that's funny. I think that these guys are as motivated as anyone to win a championship. I think they're more motivated than anybody in the NBA. Certainly more motivated than the Warriors. The Warriors are going to be on cruise control until they get, until they face the Rockets. So the Rockets, uh, I really, look, I think the Rockets, let me say this. I think the Rockets are the only team that can beat the Warriors. So I think if the, the Warriors beat the Rockets, they're going to crush LeBron. But yeah, look, I, I know that James Harden looked ridiculous last year against the Spurs. And I know he had his troubles in the playoffs with the Thunder, but everybody who points that out fails to realize that this is a completely different team. And this is the best team Mike D'Antoni has ever had. This is a top 10. Mike D'Antoni has never had a top 10 defense. He's never had an Mm -hmm. elite defense. We've never known what a Mike D'Antoni team will look like in the playoffs when he actually has guys on his team who can stop guys on the perimeter. You know, I, man, it's just, and guys who can stop guys in the post. PJ Tucker can lock guys down in the post too. Absolutely. Look, it's going to be a really, really great series. I know that. 
I'm not saying they will beat the Warriors, but I'm saying they can. Uh, obviously, a lot of things are going to have to break their way. They're probably going to have to have two games where they make like 15 threes, but they, but they are capable of doing that. They're capable of going out of their minds, and I think that's the that's the reason that they are capable of doing it. They can keep up with the Warriors, and they can play defense. You know, the Cavs can't do it just because they can't guard anybody. But, uh, yeah, I think they're absolutely capable of it. I really do. And, Colin, same thing. Do you think Houston's a legitimate shot at knocking off Golden State or has a legitimate shot, I should say? I think they have a shot. I don't know if I want them to have a shot or I think they have a shot, but for right now we'll go with I think they have a shot. Um, I would love to see Chris Paul make something of his career, obviously. Um, I think what it comes down to is, honestly, like Chip was talking about, defense. When these two, Chris Paul and James Harden, got put together, the last thing I was thinking about was, man, the Rockets are going to be a great defensive team. Right. They've been great. They've been great. Um, Harden has done well with sharing the backcourt with Paul, you know, obviously in opposed to the disbelief of many. Um, but I think Kevin Durant's definitely going to be a problem. At the end of the day, it's just who do you put on Kevin Durant for that whole seven games? Because it's going to seven games. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, so who is it that's going to keep up with KD for all seven games? I think that's a big deal. Guys, I agree with you guys. I think Houston is a legitimate team to challenge Golden State out west. And... You know, for me, look, uh, with my my buddy way back before the season started, or it might have been like the week before or day before, whatever it was when we did the preview, mentioned something about how is James Harden a ball dominant guard and a uh, Chris Paul another ball dominated guard? How are they going to be able to coexist? And that's a legitimate question that a lot of people had questions about. They didn't know how those two would mix. And they mix great. They're playing outstanding. Uh, For me, two things. Number one, last year, James Harden ran out of gas. When they played the Spurs, they lost that series because James Harden was just dead tired. If you go back and you look at the film or some of the highlights from that series, you've seen James Harden miss three-point shots that he would not miss. He looked tired. Because he had to do basically everything. Yeah, he had some teammates that could shoot the basketball. But he was playing at such a high level throughout the year. He was just tired. That's why they lost to San Antonio. What's different about him this year? Kind of like what you said, Chip. They're, they're a totally different team now having Chris Paul. Now somebody could say, well, Chris Paul hasn't really had any playoff success. And it's hard to argue against that. But the bottom line is... It's not just James Harden now. He has somebody to lean on because Chris Paul is a big-time player and has been his whole career. You know, regardless of some postseason success, that's not all on him. Uh, and when you have somebody else to rely on, I think by the end of it, James Harden's going to have plenty left in the tank. And in my opinion, I think in the next few weeks or so, Houston might want to look to give... Some nights off to James Harden. He took the other night off. Uh, They still won the game. I think they got to find ways to get him rest to keep him healthy so he doesn't run out of gas again. But if he's having a little bit of an off game, Chris Paul's there to handle it. 
And I think that's what makes him more dangerous. Number two, exactly what you guys said. This is the one thing, anytime that you know I talk about this topic, you guys both said the word defense. That's legitimately what it's going to come down to. It's it's going to can Houston defend Golden State for seven games? Because I think Colin, like you said, do you think it's going to go to seven games? I agree with you. I think it's going to be a seven game battle. I know Houston can outscore Golden State a few times in a series. They certainly can. They can shoot the daylights out of the basketball. They can hit 15, 16 threes and put up 120, 130 points. There might be one or two games that they just simply outscore Golden State. But to beat them in a seven-game series, you need your defense to show up. And I think that's the key. I think, and again, I'm with you guys. I'm not going to sit here and say Golden State's going to lose to Houston. I still would pick Houston to win. I mean, uh, Golden State to win. But it would not shock me to see Houston knock them off because I think they're for real. Um, with that being said, as we take a look at the Western some more, obviously we just talked about the two top teams, Golden State and Houston, but there could be some surprise teams. Colin, I'm going to start with you right here. Who do you think is a team that people should look out for in the Western Conference? All right, man, I'm going to cheat, man. I've really got two. I'm really just going to dwell on one. <laughs> but I want to make a note of something. Um, the Timberwolves, I'm not going to talk about that much. Obviously, Jimmy Butler's you know, injured. But I think you know a healthy Timberwolves team really matches up nicely with Golden State. Um, Jimmy Butler on Kevin Durant, they have no answer for Carl Anthony Towns. That's for sure. Um, and then you have you know Jeff Teague's okay. He moves the ball well enough. Um, beyond that, you got Jamal Crawford on the bench. I think it could work out pretty well, maybe like a six-game series. I think you know the Rockets are obviously a more legitimate threat. But I like the Timberwolves. Um, obviously, it's hard to ignore the Trailblazers right now, who are on a 10-game win streak. Right. And they've beaten the Warriors in that 10-game win streak, obviously without Steph Curry. Um, Damian Lillard is literally averaging 33 points, six assists, and a steal over the last 10 games. That's kind of hard to ignore. They're the third seed in the West. I mean, if they stay at that, their matchups are going to be nice to start the playoffs. They may actually make some noise. I agree with you. I'll get into my point in just a moment. But, Chip, I'm going to start with you because you mentioned this before. We even we even talked about that we're going to talk about some of the sleepers here uh, when we were talking about kind of what we were going to do for the show today. So I know you're excited to get into this. Uh, <laughs> Chip, tell us who your surprise team is in. Tell us why. A team that we need to talk about on this show, because like I said, and Colin was thrilled that I want to talk about this team too, because he knows that they deserve to be talked about on this show. (laughs) That's the the Utah Jazz. This is a team that looked dead in the water back in what? They were 19 and 28 on January 22nd. And since then, they've gone 18 and 2. Now they're 37 and 30, and they're tied for the eight seed. And their best player and their leading scorer, maybe it's up for debate. You want to say Rudy Gobert is their best player, that's fine. But their number one option is their rookie, Donovan Mitchell. And he scores 20 points a game, has averages like four assists per game, one steal. 
He's incredible. Should win rookie of the year. I know Ben Simmons will because he puts up more impressive numbers. But the fact that Donovan Mitchell is like, I think he's top 20 in usage percentage too. I, I wonder when the last time a rookie, he may finish top 10 in usage. I wonder when the last time a rookie did that was, but maybe LeBron. I'm sure LeBron did it. But yeah, this team is just fascinating to me. I mean, they're, well, they do it because of their defense. They're second in defensive rating. Their offense is really average. I think they're, yeah, 17th in offensive rating. Their offense isn't that special. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters in the playoffs, but they're definitely going to. I mean, you look at what they did to the Clippers last year. I know they had Hayward last year, but you had people saying they might finish last in the West. And now I'm no one expected this from Donovan Mitchell, of course, but they, you know, they're they got 30 points from Ricky Rubio last night when they beat the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, this is just impressive. It's great coaching, too. It's, you know, as a Knicks fan, when you watch uh, a great coach like Quinn Snyder, get a uh, get a roster, get 37 wins out of a roster like this. And then you look at what Jeff Hornacek was able to do even when he had Kristaps Porzingis. It's kind of depressing to watch. <laughs> it really is. But, you know, I, it's just it shows what you can get with a with a when you have a great coach, which is foreshadowing for our next segment. But I mean, yeah, I, it's fun. They're fun to watch for me. I mean, I like watching as much as I love the three point shot. I also like watching great defense and. They're just suffocating defense, and Rudy Gobert is incredible. The Rudy Gobert, Chris, Chris has Porzingis has a couple great matchups that I like to see. Draymond Green's one of them, but I love the Porzingis-Rudy Gobert matchup. That's one of my favorites. You mentioned the Porzingis and Draymond Green matchup, and that ain't exciting for me because Draymond destroys Porzingis. That's no fun. That's well, fun I want to see him... I want, no, I want to see him, you know, he, if he's able to eventually, like, do something like maybe score 25, 30 points against Draymond. Yeah, that would be like nice. A, with the way the Knicks franchise is currently, that's going to be like a victory for Porzingis. It's right. like a, a crowning achievement for him. Right. I, I'm with Colin with the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler's healthy. They are a dangerous team. They have... You know, Tom Thibodeau. You know what? He has Derrick Rose now. Okay? It's real. Oh, they're winning it. Yeah, it's, that, it's that's real. Over. I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah, how, how did you forget about Derrick Rose returning to his old coach and he's going to get that MVP glory back? Obviously, I'm I'll being tell you guys, guys if, this was 19, if this was 1995, they'd be the favorites to win the finals for sure. Right? They're tough. They're <laughs> In all seriousness, they, they, you know, Tom Thibodeau's a, a defensive guy. You know, Jimmy Butler has really played well. This season, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best big guys in the game. Jeff Teague has really picked up his plays, really fit nicely with the Timberwolves. Uh, you know, they still, Andrew Wiggins, they are a team to me that could be dangerous. I don't think they're there yet, but if I had to pick a sleeper team, that's who I would pick. I would go with them. Uh, you know, I also, as Colin mentioned, talking about the Portland Trailblazers, um, Damian Lillard right now is putting up some ridiculous numbers. Like ever, like right before the All Star break, his numbers are just insane. 
They're absolutely insane what he's doing. Uh, so I, I would pick Minnesota as my sleeper, but we're going to leave it right here. And when we come back from the break, we are going to talk about the New York Knicks. As sad as that is, is that we got to talk about the Knicks because it's a Nick podcast. We got to talk about how pitiful we are. Um, we're going to do a little hypothetical thing. You know, it it's could be Jeff Hornacek's last really month as the Knicks head coach. So if that happens, we're going to throw out some names, guys that we would like to see coach the Knicks. We'll do that in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. So here's the deal. The Knicks are losing once again. Uh, a lot of people feel like Jeff Hornacek is probably on his way out. Possibly really actually the case. With him gone, there's going to be a coaching spot open. A lot of names getting thrown out there. So what we're going to do is kind of just kind of pick some names, see where, you know, some guys the Knicks should consider. See if we have maybe the right pick for him because the Knicks are going to need the right guy. Shoot, it could be that you think Hornacek is the right guy and don't think he should be fired. We'll find out. Um, but we'll start with Chip right now. Chip, who do you think should be coaching the Knicks next year? It could be Hornacek if you feel like that's the case, or do you have somebody else in mind? Uh, first of all, I want to shout out Jonathan McCree uh, from Elite Sports NY, uh, who wrote an amazing article for us about uh, Mark Jackson. Uh, he's, it's called Mark Jackson is not the savior. Some fans believe he is, but it's amazing. Uh, and it pretty much shot, shoots down the idea that Mark Jackson should be the next Knicks head coach. And the reason I say that is it gave me the idea for who I think the next Knicks head coach should be. I think the Knicks should think outside the box, as Jonathan suggests in his article, and go with maybe kind of what the Celtics did, go with a college coach, do something like that, and that's where I got the idea. I think somebody who has been linked to NBA jobs in the past, I think they should go with Jay Wright from Villanova. I think he's very smart. I love the way his teams play. I love that they take a lot of threes. I think he has USA Basketball connections. I think because his teams are very successful, they win championships. Uh, I NBA players will respect him. Uh, I know he never played in the league. That may hurt him. But uh, I just think it's a smart move. And um, I know a lot of Knicks fans would love to see Mark Jackson because he is an ex Knicks. But there's also a huge risk involved with hiring a nice Nick. And I don't like the idea. And there's also the fact that he, you know, the, the ending with the Warriors there was very messy. And he's also, his views on offense and stuff are very traditional. And Nick's fans may not like what they wish for with Mark Jackson once time we get him. 
I like the idea of a, a newer coach, something outside the box, and I think Jay Wright is that guy. And Colin, same thing. If you had to pick, if Hornacek was fired or is Hornacek still the guy, who who do you think the Knicks should get to coach him? Well, first off, I think it's just pretty easy to say that Hornacek probably needs to go before it gets out of hand. If it hasn't already, I think a lot of people would probably say it has already. Uh, These rotations are just hideous, as we were discussing earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like a favorite for me, it's probably just unrealistic. But I love David Fisdale. Um, I think he's a pretty smart guy. He's pretty well-bred. Uh, seems like he emphasizes, emphasizes you know, uh, defense a lot. And at one point, he was standing up for his players. Um, I'm not sure about the whole Marcus all David Fisdale beef, if that holds any, if that's valid at all. But the infamous take that for data line. <laughs> I mean, he was kind of standing up for the team there, you know what I mean? Um, I think that's probably something good. I don't think uh, New York's had someone come out that's just very supportive. You know? I mean, Hornets X pretty lukewarm. I don't think he's been very excited about anybody in particular. You know what I mean? Um, he's been very definitely Hornacek. in his support, yeah. for sure. No, I agree, yeah. Uh, Fizdale seems like a very enthusiastic guy. I think a, a personality we could probably use. Um, the Grizzlies, you know, when he coached them for the full season in 2016-2017, uh, they went 43-39. and 39. It's not terrible. They went to six games with the Spurs. Um, and, hey, that's his first season. So I think Fizdale would be a great fit, especially with Frank as his protege. I think that would be fantastic. Guys, the answer is very simple who we need to coach the Knicks. Drink Patino. Uh, we need him to bring his brothel that he had at Louisville over to the Knicks to recruit some free agents. Then we would be good. It's Rick Pitino, his obvious choice to coach the Knicks. Obviously, I'm kidding. I'm kidding again. Um, I'm already trying to think about what he could bribe LeBron with playing <laughs> New York. You know, his, he, that man kind of scares me. I don't want to make fun of Rick Pitino because I'm pretty sure he's part of the mafia. And um, I'm scared to insult him. So... I, I, I'll stop my, my Patino jokes there. I'm serious. Now, for seriousness of a coaching decision, first of all, I feel I, I say it all the time, I feel bad for Hornacek because, I mean, there's nothing the guy could do. I don't think he's the greatest coach in the world, obviously. Uh, but, and we'll actually in the next segment kind of point why that why that's the case. But I, I don't... I, I It's hard to put all the blame on Hornacek, but I, I really do, don't think that he's going to be back. And if the Knicks got to replace him, you know, a guy like Mark Jackson, I, I've said before, you know, he interests me because he's like a motivator. Um, you know, uh, when he played, he was tough. Uh, he'll probably bring toughness to the team, but Chip, I'm right there with you. His offense is awful. I mean, he had that Golden State offensive firepower and he didn't really utilize them correctly and that's why Golden State really did not contend when he was the head coach there Uh, didn't utilize their strength so he's one guy that I'm kind of 50-50 about there's some pros there's some cons Uh, I don't know how likely this is but Doc Rivers is a coach that I, I, I like and I know I know he's been talked about you know the last couple of weeks, even on national shows, I saw like on ESPN First Take 
they were talking about Doc Rivers coming to the Knicks, and I, I don't know how likely that scenario is. But I, I look, I think Doc has coached teams before that weren't that deep in talent. I mean, look, before he had Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Rondo in Boston, all he really had was Paul Pierce and kept them at least in the playoff hunt. Again, they didn't come a championship team until those other pieces came in. But he's always done a fine job coaching. I mean, this year they lose Chris Paul. Uh, you know, they, they trade Blake Griffin, you know, before the deadline. And yeah, it to me, I think he, he's a solid coach, has a solid resume. You know, a former Nick as well. And I think that he will do fine in New York. And I, I, I think maybe he's done in L.A. Because, look, they're no longer – they had a little window there where people thought they were championship contenders. That obviously never happened. You know, Blake Griffin had his injuries. Um, yeah, Chris Paul was kind of hard to coach. And to me, I think his time in L.A. is done. I do think that it's possible that he'll become available. And if he is, I do think the Knicks need to try to – to uh, you know, find a way to bring him in. I think I think a lot of fans would be happy to have Doc Rivers coach him, and that's something I would like to see. Again, though, I don't put all the blame on Jeff Hornacek. I kind of feel bad we're already, you know, we're, everybody's in their mind picking coaches to replace him. It was kind of a tough situation. Exactly. It's easy to. I, I can definitely see where you would feel bad for him. I'm not sure I do, but. He just didn't have a shot from the moment that he came. You know, it was like the same thing in Phoenix. There was just no opportunity. The guy was set up to fail from day one. It, it's not. It's not a. He does have Christoph Porzingis. He does have Christoph Porzingis, but his first year alone, he couldn't run anything that he wanted to run. He had Phil Jackson telling him what to do. That was a terrible fit, and. and even this year, now that he has a team, he only has one year to try to put in his system. And, you know, you don't. sometimes it takes a little bit to get it to click. So I just think he never had a fair shot. Yeah, yes, he had a Przingis. But other than that, and, and Przingis has been hurt. He tore his ACL this year. Uh, missed some time last year with injuries. So it, it hasn't always been there. But in a lot of people's minds, they're just ready to move on the horn a second. I get it, and you know the Knicks need to bring in the right guy the next time. Don't don't bring in like you know when they brought in Derek Fisher, somebody that just came off the court. To just to, please don't do that. That's all I'm saying. But we'll wrap up this segment when we come back. We'll talk about Troy Williams. He now has a partially guaranteed contract, and um, you know, we're going to talk. We haven't really mentioned him at all. You know, the kind of player that he could be, the kind of role that he could have. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Hi, everybody. Matt Castillo here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Next State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Next State of Mind podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Final segment here. We're going to talk about Troy Williams. Guy that came out of nowhere. Somewhere in the G League. Knicks sign him. He's had some moments. Very athletic dude. 
Uh, his 10-day contract just came up, but the Knicks have signed him a partially guaranteed deal, I think until uh, some point next year even. So he'll have a chance to make a roster next year for the Knicks. And uh, Chip, we'll start with you. So far, what have you seen from Williams? And do you think that he's a possible guy that, that could have an impact for this team in the upcoming years? Uh, I do think he's a guy who could have an impact. I mean, he's still young. He's obviously a guy who can develop. Uh, he's shown flashes of having a three-point shot, which is something that was surprising given his – I hadn't seen much of him play, so I was surprised a little bit that he had a three-point shot in him um, given his numbers before the season. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think he can contribute. He's still very young, and given the direction of the team – I think he should play significant minutes in every game from now on. But as we know, with Jeff Warnacek's rotations, who knows? But uh, he's had, since he came to the Knicks, he's played, what, eight games? And uh, he scored in double figures in three of them. Uh, I think he's made, he had the one game where he had 18 points. Right. So, I mean, yeah, he's played really well. Um certainly better than I think anyone thought he would have. Uh, I think there's plenty of people who probably thought who the hell's Troy Williams. I know I did. Uh, he'll, he'll probably be gone soon. He, I mean, he was a guy who was just waved to, by Houston to make room for Joe Johnson. Right. So he's a 23 year old kid who was ma- waved to make room for a guy who's Joe's probably like 35, 36 years old. So obviously Houston didn't think very highly of him, but and they're a pretty smart front office. And, uh, yeah, I'd say it was a pretty smart move by the Knicks to pick him up. Another another win for Scott Perry, it looks like, for now anyway. Colin, same thing. What do you think of Troy Williams, and does he have a future with this team? I tell you, Matt, I really don't like the guy. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> tough, but it's like he's trying to win which is obviously not <laughs> yeah. the desired outcome right now. Um, any Anyone who's not on board with the tank for Donkic, I'm just, I can't get with it. Man. Um, that's a yeah, fair he's point. He's playing some good basketball, but that's not what we want right now. I want someone who's willing to go out there and just kind of limp around on defense and put up some crazy shots. Let's bring back J.R. Smith for the rest of the season. That ought to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously playing some good basketball, though, like I said. I mean, he's averaging eight points. Shooting 54% from the field, and he's uh, got a couple or 1.1 steals. Um, looks like to be exact over his eight games played. He often looked like the only guy who cares about defense, and that's nice. I mean, when you get a kid that's coming in and they're playing to make themselves in the NBA, obviously you're going to get a different level of effort. Um, I'm not sure the Knicks, you know, are the best place for it. Like I said, but he's definitely playing some great basketball right now. You know what I was just thinking about. Before I get into my Troy, my Troy Williams uh, analysis, did you guys see Brandon Jennings the other night, or last night? Came back yeah. from wherever he's playing and had like a double-double, nearly a triple-double. He had like 16, 11, and 8. I it was think ridiculous. Was Where was that? Oh, it was nasty. Where was that last he year? Played, uh... Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, I was saying they were in Milwaukee. Where's that game at? I definitely, uh... I'll never forget when we released him. Thought that was a good day. Maybe not. <laughs> now he's averaging a triple double. Yeah. Man, I just—that's the next for you. It's only one Wait game a week. 
Adrenaline rush. Wait a week. Yeah. I read a tweet that said he's leading the league in assists per game. <laughs> That's wait back. a week. Wait a week. Wait, yeah, wait a week. Wait till the next game. <laughs> when he's like, Do they play the Knicks at all this season? Because he's going to have another game. Watch. If we still run Maybe. into him, yeah. Probably. That's fate. That's fate. Yeah, Doug McDermott just buried a three for Dallas to stick it to us. And they and actually Dirk. ran a play for him. We didn't do that. We didn't free him up. All right. Well, back to Troy Williams. You know, look, I, I, I one thing that you notice right off the bat is, my goodness, this guy is extremely athletic. Like, can jump out of the gym athletic. High motor. You know, plays with, like, his head's on fire. Yeah, a guy that was a, I think he was a four-star recruit out of high school. You know, uh, one of those guys that went to uh, Oak Hill Academy. Um, you know, played, I believe, at Indiana. Uh, was an average player in college. But, you know, sometimes players like this that have that kind of athletic ability that he has take a little bit to really kind of get it going, really put it all together and click. So, to me, I think it's worth it. Look, the Knicks are at a point where we're rebuilding part of rebuilding is finding some young talent, giving them a chance and seeing how they can do. Um, you know, Chip, you kind of alluded to it. And this is what I was talking about in the last segment about Hornacek. And sometimes I don't know what, what, what he's doing. You know, the game before, uh, I'm drawing a blank who they played, um, or at least a few games ago, he played like 26 minutes, scored like 18, 19 points, played really well. And then the next game out, he played like four minutes. And, and it was like garbage time when he got thrown in there when we were getting killed by the Raptors. So I don't understand why he's not always out there at this point. I really see a lot of these veteran guys that still get too much minutes, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It was Milwaukee that he lit up. Yeah. And then Toronto that he hardly played against. It just doesn't make sense. You know, guys like that, we got to figure out what they can do. You got to play them more. You have to play him more. I mean, right now I think he's only averaging like 13 minutes a game when he's in there. Uh, and we're just not seeing enough. And the more I think that guy can play, obviously anybody that gets to play more obviously gets better. But I think with him especially, the more playing time that he can get, the better that he'll become. And he probably played a ton down in the G League and improved his game a lot where now you know, he's getting an opportunity with an NBA team. So I think the next best thing for him, especially on a team like the Knicks who are rebuilding, is to give him some minutes. Uh, and I know it's kind of tough because there's so many young guys that I want to see the Knicks give minutes to. Damian Dotson is another name that I, I want to see get more some run out there. Uh, it's the only way these guys are going to get better. We're not playing for anything. I don't know if the Knicks are trying to make it like look that they're not tanking by playing some of these guys like 18, 20 minutes. And I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but they shouldn't be playing that that many minutes, the veterans. We should just throw out the young guys. Who cares if the league threatens, like, you guys must be tanking. Yeah, we are. We are tanking. That's, that's yeah. And the best thing to do is to play young young talent. And I would want to see uh, Damian Dotson get more minutes. I want to see Troy Williams get more minutes, even, even Cornette, because, you know, we talked about when they traded Billy Hearn Gomez. The only way that trade's going to look a little bit better if they start giving Cornette some minutes and he starts to show that he can play some minutes in the rotation. Because then you don't miss that guy as much because now you're getting the guy that can rebound, uh, maybe play a little bit of defense and 
shoot the three ball. That really hasn't been the case, so that trade kind of looks kind of pointless at the moment. Um, so, Troy Williams, to me, is a guy that can bring energy, and you always need somebody like that. I don't see, obviously, him becoming like a, a starter in our rotation, but you always kind of need a player like that when you know, teams are slacking a little bit with energy, and you can throw him out there, and he can give you your, your bench a, a spark. A player like that is needed, and I think that's the kind of role that he can play. So I think the Knicks did uh, the right thing by giving him an opportunity. And now, like I said, I just want to see a little bit more consistent minutes from him. Uh, and Hornacek can't do playing 26 minutes, playing for like four minutes. That makes no sense. You can't do that. Uh, so hopefully tonight he actually gets more more playing time against Dallas. And that's basically all I got. You guys got any more thoughts on Troy Williams anything else you just want to get off your chest Colin I know you're mad at me because you know I made you miss the net game and and Russell's like lighting it up right now you want to yeah tell no, D'Angelo Russell 24 points in 10 minutes I think he was actually 24 points at eight minutes I don't think he's landed another shot yet but dude seven three-pointers which is appropriate because I just put out a probably thousand word article on why he can't shoot three points and he came out tonight and made seven of them he, he read it he read it before he, the game yeah, he's, he's obviously a big yes and why reader yep glad to know way to motivate him to know way to motivate him. yeah that's hey, hey, i do what i can <laughs> all right well on that note we're gonna wrap it up and we'll be back next week for another episode of the nick state of mind podcast